When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, uh, at least a couple times a month, I'll get hit up on direct messaging or somewhere by a fellow fish geek asking what I think about how we define a natural aquarium or similar labels related to representing natural habitats in our aquariums. Now, this is an interesting, even divisive topic in discussion forums and Facebook groups and so forth because it seems to bring out everybody's passions. Like, on one hand, there's a group of people who will tell you that it's simply folly to consider anything that we do in a glass box natural. Uh, they'll assert that you know any functions that occur in an aquarium, from the nitrogen cycle on up to how plants grow, is not truly natural. Uh, yeah, I actually had someone you know tell me that, with a great deal of passion, no less, for a long time. And it did make me think about it, for sure. I, I'm no scientist, but I'm not exactly certain how the nitrogen cycle and its most basic function differs in the closed environment of an aquarium than it does in nature. I mean, I suppose the factors which influence it might be different, such as a fixed population of fishes in a given space or a different uh, material fueling bacterial growth or whatever, but versus like a wider ranging, more diverse natural habitat with a varying population density and so forth. But that seems a bit of a stretch to me. So yeah, I think it's sort of a weird argument. Now, recently I had a discussion with another hobbyist who asked me where I feel my personal and business work in, in the aquariums falls in the grand scheme of creating natural aquariums. Now, it gave me some pause because I think we might get too caught up in you know, assigning labels to every single thing that we do in the hobby rather than looking at what we do in the big picture of the hobby. With my focus on functional aesthetics almost anything over almost anything else in this hobby, you know, it definitely you know, labels me or defines me as a bit of an outlier, I suppose. And of course, once you resolve this whole natural thing, you get to an even more passionate topic. What constitutes an aquarium that represents a part of nature? It could just get uglier from there sometimes. People are really into this. I mean, it's a discussion that I think is worth having for sure, if for no other reason than for us to come to some sort of self-awareness about what we're doing, and maybe even to look at ourselves and kind of laugh at how serious we take some of this stuff. Now, that being said, we often create a word salad of descriptors that you know, may simply be lots of ways of saying the same things. Yeah, I admit I do cringe on occasion when the description nature aquarium is given to a tank in which, although it's amazing, um, has very little to do with a specific representation of a natural habitat. Or does it? I mean, I think we can literally parse the living shit out of that term and in the end we'll end up right back where we started with 50 different hobbyists arriving at 50 different definitions and passionately defending each, by the way. I mean, most aquariums do embrace natural processes and elements, so that keeps this in the mix. The weird thing, or the good thing, depending on how you look at stuff, is that we in the hobby really stress out over this stuff. Words matter, and people take it really seriously. 
we do tend to self-regulate our hobby, which is good in some areas and downright annoying in others. When we plan our aquariums, I know many of us are super disciplined, highly detail-oriented, and attack that fish list with a diligence and a high degree of mission focus. Like, every fish added to the tank has to be from the same general region that all the others are from, or from that, you know, the area that the tank's scape is supposed to represent. I've always been kind of focused like that, almost to the point of having tanks run empty for months at a time when I couldn't source the specific fishes I wanted. Like, yeah, Bocilla Carax Weitzmanai is the only darter kerosene I shall have in my tank. I mean, I can be that focused, like absurdly, impractically focused. And I must confess, I'm not immune to any temptations I might encounter along the way that, you know, to my ultimate goal. And there's always a part of me which falls headlong into that shiny object syndrome. You know, something cool catches my eye along the way. And there I am off on a tangent researching and considering ways to modify my plan, complete with some kind of built-on justification. Well, you know, just because I said it's going to be an Asian blackwater stream with Resbora Espia, it doesn't mean that I can't have a few of those Capella Arnoldi in there. I mean, it's South America, but there's Splash Freaking Tetra. Hello. Yeah, just to add shit like that. Of course, that's how the classic community tank, which we've loved for generations, is created, right? The best combination of cool fishes, regardless of origin, which just happen to catch our fancy. As long as they're physically compatible, does it really matter? I mean, what's wrong with that, right? Really, does every salad that we make have to have ingredients from the same farm to be called a salad? Okay, maybe that's weak, but weak or not, it's the kind of argument that would make me feel better anyway, right? Yeah. Well, I've always felt that inserting the words themed or inspired or type or style after the description of your of your aquarium gives you a little bit of a let, so to speak. In other words, my home aquarium is a Southeast Asian-themed aquarium, which is far different than a true biotope aquarium, which in hobby parlance seems to have several classifications, all of which are rather strict. Most of these center around the aquarium representation of a very specific niche or locale in nature, with the requirements being to include organisms that are representative of the specific niche or region or species, geographic locale, or what they call in the contest world, an ecological aquarium. Oh, I do kind of like that one. Uh, now, our friends at the Biotope Aquarium Design Contest, sort of one of the organizations or one of the, 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 the I guess, entities that has a lot to say in the, in the aquarium world of biotopes, defines uh, an ecological aquarium as one in which Aquatic organisms are selected by similar requirements to environmental conditions without binding to a certain area or biotope. For example, an aquarium for the fishes preferring cold water and strong current, or the fishes which need stone shelters and increased content of salts of total and carbonate hardness. Okay, sounds kind of cool. I can dig that. From my standpoint, it gives you as a hobbyist a little bit of creative leeway some space to create nice representations of the wild habitats without getting too bogged down in the minutia of what twig or leaf is endemic to the region that you're representing. You can feel free to be a bit creative, which, which you know, while still bringing the, the flavor of a specific niche or locale. Therefore, my Southeast Asian theme tank or brackish water mangle inspired system gives me permission to keep together fishes which, although compatible, would likely never cohabitate in nature. I get the vibe I want, I create the environmental conditions appropriate for each of the fishes that I want to keep, and I just enjoy it. Okay, did I just say permission? Ah, yeah, I think I did, and that's sort of bizarre too, right? 
I mean, is there some sort of international hobby regulating committee that I need approval from here? It's like I'm buying into that warped mindset, drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid that the hobby's serving up. Damn, WTF, right? (laughs) That's a whole separate issue for another time, I think. And my aquarium? Well, sure, it's not a strict biotopically exact representation of a mangal in the Sarawak region of Borneo during the spring or something as specific as that. Nope. Rather, it's about creating an aquarium which is more or less representative of the broad environmental niches found in a given region. I do like that. I enjoy that. And you can't really discount the fact that even when you're researching the environment, the parameters, and the organisms which reside in a given habitat when you're assembling your system, regardless of how you approach them or what label you apply to them, we're still acquiring valuable information that could benefit many other people in the hobby. So it doesn't matter if you take a very strict, almost militant approach to creating an aquarium or more of an artistic, creative approach. The benefits for the hobby, the animals, and the natural environment are essentially the same. It still inspires, it still gets people thinking and talking. I mean, in the end, it's all about having fun. And it's about educating ourselves uh, and others about the locations, the animals, and the habitats that uh, that they may never get a chance to visit in person. And to bring attention to and discussion about the risks and perils that they face as man continues to encroach upon them. Really important stuff. That's huge. Now, couldn't we make an argument that virtually any aquarium checks some of these boxes? Sure. I mean, how much detail we want to go into is a big factor. One could mix tropical fishes as diverse as guppies, tetras, and dwarf cichlids. And I suppose, you know, make some sort of stretch that they're all from tropical locales and therefore represent a tropical environment. Uh, We've more or less done that with the traditional community aquarium for generations, and that's okay. Now, we can't fool ourselves, of course, if we're playing with such nomenclature. This type of aquarium represents nature in the same manner as a vase full of flowers represents the fields in which they grow wild in. But hey, I suppose it's a start, right? So where am I going with this? I suppose I'm probably just contributing to the clutter, the disagreement, and the confusion on this subject to some extent. Well, in some areas at least. Yet, I've tried to do our part in the context of what we offer here at Tannin Aquatics. As you're now likely aware, we've gone to great efforts recently to educate our community about the origins of the botanical materials we offer, the scientific names, and we've even written detailed blogs on many of our botanicals to give you as much detail as possible about each one. This gives you more information about our botanical materials that can help you make more informed decisions about what to include in your aquariums, be they hardcore biotope, regional, representational, ecological, or whatever the hell you want to call them. And I can't stress it enough. It's really important to enjoy aquariums the way you want to. That being said, however, I feel equally strong that it's important to learn about the biological interactions and functions of the habitats we attempt to replicate on some level in our aquariums. Understanding why the habitats our fishes, you know, that our fishes come from are the way they are, how they formed, etc., adds another very important layer to understanding the fishes themselves. And understanding the function of natural aquatic systems holds the key to understanding how to recreate, on many levels, the optimum aquarium habitats for our fishes so that they may live healthy, normal lifespans, thrive, and maybe even reproduce under our care. You can call your tank a biotope, biotype, theme, whatever you want to call it. But every aquatic system is governed by the laws of nature, and there's no real way around that. Even if you're of the opinion that natural processes don't occur in our aquariums, you can't fight nature. 
I mean, you can try to defy her for a while at least. Mix incompatible species, force fit, you know, wild fishes to adapt to your tap water conditions, skip regular maintenance and husband routines. And then just as sure as the water returns with the tide, she'll come back and spank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's foolish to do this. Besides, why would you want to? I mean, part of the fun is seeing our fishes live in beautiful aquariums which represent the environments from which they come from in the wild. And guess what? You can call them whatever you want to. Just enjoy them. Learn from them. Share your knowledge and discoveries. Stay resourceful. Stay bold. Stay excited. Stay engaged. Stay intrigued. Stay curious. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.